Good news, COVID-19 has allowed me to lift the Dave rule and go however long I want. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to take advantage of it because it makes my show notes so much longer. And right now I've got about three days worth of uh, podcasts. So I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to try and crunch them into one. How about this? How about I go a half hour? I just do it every day. I don't know. If I can find the time, that's what I'll do. There is some good news with the virus, but there's also some bad news. And President Trump will introduce both this week. The media continues to be dumb and they change the narrative again. So here we go. Good news is uh, we live in the digital world. And so like people actually record what people say and it ends up on YouTube there forever, even though YouTube tries to erase these sites. I, I, I don't know. Let's talk about uh, the good news, the bad news and how dumb the media is going to be. Uh, we'll get into the World Health Organization and and the stupidity of people maybe in the next podcast. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking po- Politics. There is so much to talk about. I kid you not. And I, I was going to sit back and make this into one huge episode. I realized I'd be talking for an hour and a half, and I just do, don't really care to do any of that. But there is some good news to this coronavirus thing. Now, this good news doesn't mean next week we're all going to be able to go watch a Dodger game or anything. That's probably not going to happen. It may not happen this year. But Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is on the president's task force and probably the the, uh, leading um, uh, virus guy in the country, was interviewed this week, and he had some rather hopeful news. This is kind of refreshing because Fauci is a realist, and his news usually strikes against what Trump really says at the press conferences. This was the first time that Trump actually, that Fauci actually sounds a lot more, um, how shall we say, a lot more positive than Trump is. Um, Trump and and it's supposed to be like that. Trump is supposed to be here to give the country the fact, the uh, hope that it needs to realize this isn't going to be forever. We're going to get through this. We're going to defeat this virus. We're all going to be fine. And Fauci is there to give the facts, even if the facts go against the president. And this is the one thing with the president. He knows this guy smarter than he is. He knows this guy knows more about viruses than he does. So he lets him talk and he lets him say his things. But his words gave some kind of encouragement this week in an interview. Uh, here's Dr. Here's what Dr. Fauci had to say about the coronavirus. So what we're starting to see right now is just the inklings. And I, and I don't want to put too much stock on it because you don't want to get overconfident. You just want to keep pushing on what you're doing. You're starting to see that the daily increases are not in that steep incline. They're starting to be able to possibly flatten out. I mean, again, you, you look at it carefully, hope it's going in the right direction, but that's what we really are trying to attain, that multi-phase component where it ultimately starts to come down. You know, as a scientist, this guy is really supposed to just hit you right in the realist bone. Um, he was very cautious on what he said, 
But he said, you know, if you look at some of the numbers, they don't look so bad. We might be, again, our numbers are really garbage in, garbage out, which is what uh, the other doctor had said. And Fauci does say that later. He says a lot of a lot of models you got to be careful with. A lot of models are trash because we're, we may have the wrong numbers in each of these models. And that's probably true. But at least there is a light and you're hearing it from a doctor. You're, you're hearing it from somebody who has never been particularly positive. He has only been there to say this is where we are and this is what it looks like. So I believe this is good news and it's good to see. But there is far there is a bunch of good there's a lot of good news out there. On Tuesday, Trump showed off a device that can test for the COVID-19 virus in 5 minutes. He basically I I guess you just take a prick, take some blood and um you in 5 minutes it'll be able to say whether you have COVID-19. Right now the current test takes about 2 days to get through. So that that would be very good news. What also would be good news is they are developing a serum test. Now, what a serum test does is it takes blood and it looks for antibodies within the body for COVID-19. That's a big deal for two reasons. One, it will may show us that, you know what, this virus has been around a while. There are a lot of people who never really got sick who are actually um, had the virus and they're already immune. If we can find out a lot more people, and we can actually get true numbers for death rates. Right now, the death rates are the people who have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and the rate of death. So it's the number dead over the number of known cases of coronavirus. Here's what I truly believe. We don't even know the number of cases of coronavirus. It could be 10 20 times the, 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 the number that we actually have. That sounds like a lot, but it's very possible. I was sick in November. My boss, we just had an earthquake. Hold on, hold on. We just had an earthquake. Give me one second. Well, I just confirmed we did have an earthquake. It's a little one, maybe a 3.5, maybe a 4.0. It didn't shake much, but we did feel it. I haven't felt an earthquake in so long. I didn't even realize what they felt like. So that was kind of interesting. Maybe we'll get another one uh, later in the podcast. But anyway, as I was saying, so the serum blood test will allow for um, us to get an actual definition of how many people were sick. And that is a big deal. Once we know how many people were sick, we will know the true uh, mortality of this disease. And we'll also know who probably is uninfected, who are going to be immune, be immune, and then we can start opening businesses. Match that with the, um, match that with the fact that we can use that blood serum of those people that have recovered from this disease. And we can use it to actually as a cure for others. So we can come up with something like that fairly soon. That is going to be a big deal. Um, other positive signs. Uh, we're getting equipment now. 
uh, Russia. Russia's Putin is sending, Vladimir Putin is sending medical supplies after a phone call with President Trump. Uh, the supplies include PPEs such as gowns, shields, uh, face shields, and masks. Um, I, I guess Putin is beginning to realize that Donald Trump has handled this pretty well. He's probably seeing the polls, and now he wants to kiss Donald Trump's butt. Because if you think Putin wants Donald Trump to be president in November, you're absolutely crazy. He does not want Donald Trump to be president. But I think he's beginning to accept the fact that Donald Trump is going to be president in November. Joe Biden cannot get any fraction, any traction here. So, you know, Putin is beginning to kiss a little butt. We still don't know what is going on with, um, with Russia as far as how they're doing. So we'll see what's going on later on. The MyPillow company will stop making pillows and make 50,000 masks a month. Now, along with that, GM, Boeing, and Ford are going changing their production lines to make respirators and ventilators. Now, this all is... This all is outstanding, and it shows you something. It shows you how the free market is better than the government telling people what to do. Don't forget the defense, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the defense, um, uh, defense act that everyone wants Trump to uh, enact, he's only had to enact it twice. He had to do it with GM that didn't want to actually make ventilators and respirators. And he had to do it with 3M who makes masks because 3M was actually, and this happened today, this was found today. 3M was selling masks to foreign countries. So the president said, listen, no, you man, uh, defense manufacturing act or something, whatever it's called. Uh, Trump said, no, you make masks, you make them for the United States and you're not making them for a profit. The government will pay you. So that's, that's the good news. So, you know, our country is moving. There is some bad news. And unfortunately, Trump laid it out on his, um, his, uh, news conference on, I believe it was Wednesday. Uh, listen to this. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. We're going to go through a very tough two weeks. And then hopefully, as the experts are predicting, as I think a lot of us are predicting after having studied it so hard, you're going to start seeing some real light at the end of the tunnel. But this is going to be a very painful, very, very painful two weeks. When you look and see at night, the kind of death that's been caused by this invisible enemy, it's, it's incredible. I think even more chilling was, and I, I, chilling may be a strong word, was Trump's uh, talk about the virus for what it is, a vicious, brutal virus. Because one of the things I always did is I thought it was just the flu. Okay, I'll catch it, blah, blah, blah. And to the most part, I still think that. I still think this is the flu. But Trump basically wanted everyone to realize, you know, this is going to get worse. And this is not the flu. This is not something so simple and it's, it's friendly and, okay, we get the sniffles for a week. Listen to find him finally define something the media has been dying for him to scream about. Now he does it, but they still don't seem to care. 
And we're going to get back to that this in a few minutes. Listen up to what Trump says about the virus. A lot of people have said, a lot of people have thought about it. Write it out. Don't do anything. Just write it out and think of it as the flu. But it's not the flu. It's vicious. When you send a friend to the hospital and you call up to find out how is he doing, it happened to me, where he goes to the hospital, he says goodbye, he's sort of a tough guy, uh, a little older, a little heavier than he'd like to be, frankly. And you call up the next day, how's he doing? And he's in a coma. This is not the flu. But even though, yeah, this is, he basically made it out. He, he said it. This is a tough thing. This is not going to be easy. This is going to be hard. But he also pointed out, and he does what he always does. Uh, Americans are great. The free market system is great. Look at what the free market system is actually doing. Uh, our people are great. Our doctors are fantastic. I mean, our doctors, uh, my girlfriend works at a clinic. I work at a clinic. I don't work in the clinic, but a lot of people work in the clinic and they're putting themselves at risk. There's a guy at a clinic I know who has asthma and he's actually checking people. I don't think it's very bright, but he's checking people out. That's pretty awesome. And Trump always does this in his pressers. He gives you bad news and then he sits back and he says, he keeps telling us we have the strength to get through this. And he's right. Listen to this. And I watched the doctors and the nurses walking into that hospital uh, this morning. It's like military people going into battle, going into war. The bravery is incredible. And I just have to take my hat. I would take my hat. If I were wearing a hat, I'd rip that hat off so fast. And I would say, you people are just uh, incredible. They really are. They're very brave. And this is where my girlfriend can't stand Trump. He's so clumsy with his words. And he is. <coughs> this is not this is not a uh, Ben Franklin of the United States history. I mean, he's very good, but it's still, I mean, he's very clumsy with his words. But he's basically saying, hey, don't forget these people. They are heroes. They are heroes. And the United States, a heroic country. We are a great country. And it, it this is the positive. I, I hate to use the term positivity because I don't think it's a word. I think that's a word that dumb football commentators make up, made up. But the positivity that he actually has is phenomenal. And it's really good for the country. Now, Dr. Fauci, who basically came up there and he said the same thing. Yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Listen to Dr. Fauci again. Dr. Fauci, should Americans be prepared for the likelihood that there will be 100,000 Americans who die from this virus? The, the answer is yes. We need as, as, as sobering a number as that is, we should be prepared for it. Is it going to be that much? I hope not. And I think the more we push on the mitigation, the less likelihood it would be that number. But as being realistic, we need to prepare ourselves that that is a possibility that that's what we will see. Now, one of the things he had said later in that same press conference, we could have between 100 and 240,000 Americans dead through this virus. That sounds like a lot, and it is. But you know what's really a lot in that whole thing? 
is the spread between 100 and 240,000 people. That's a lot of people. And that seems, I mean, we're you're talking almost two and a half times uh, from one estimate to the other. That's kind of a widespread. And Dr. Fauci actually did address this. He said, uh, one of the reasons you've got such a huge spread is because models, which they're basing their numbers on, models suck because garbage in, garbage out. We don't know what we're, we don't know if we're putting the right numbers into these models. And he says this. So let's listen to Dr. Fauci actually acknowledge that. What we do is that every time we get more data, you feed it back in and relook at the model. Is the model really telling you what's actually going on? And again, I know my modeling colleagues are gonna not be happy with me, but models are as good as the assumptions you put into them. And as we get more data, then you put it in and that might change. So even though it says according to the model, which is a good model that we're dealing with, this is full mitigation. As we get more data, as the weeks go by, that could be modified. So what is Dr. Fauci actually saying? We don't know what we don't know. That's what he's saying. He used, uh, it took him about 35 seconds to get through that, but that's what he's saying. We, our models could be just absolute crap. If you want to know what a crap model looks like, look at the models for climate change. The models from climate change say that we could be dead in 10 years, the world could end in 10 years, and other models say it could be 200 years before we have to worry about that. I think both are wrong. I think we're kind of in the middle someplace. But that's the whole thing with these models. It's garbage in, garbage out. And you sometimes just don't know what garbage you're putting in, what garbage or good information you're putting inside of these models when you actually set them up. So that's the whole thing. We really don't know what we don't know. But you know who does know? The media. Because the media knows everything. And they make absolutely sure they tell you. Um, oh, but first, let's not get into the media. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about keeping a three-dimensional look on the world. Because this has been something that... Uh, I think we've all forgotten, and if you look at the news, you know the news media is really two-dimensional. It is only the COVID-19 and we're all going to die kind of scenario, which is what the media does. In a tweet on Wednesday, Donald Trump stated that Iran was at it again and was planning an attack on U.S. troops through one of their proxy groups in Iraq. Uh, Trump issued a very strong uh, threat that would dwarf the retaliation the United States had against uh, Iran when they killed uh, Soleimani and when they attacked the uh, Iraq, the American embassy in Iraq. So during the COVID-19 press conference, Trump made another announcement that just seemed to be really off. He had said that um, the United States was beginning to was coming up with a new plan against the drug cartels of Mexico and South America. Now, that seemed very odd during a presser, but this is something that President Trump, this was a brilliant move by President Trump because what he actually did is he sat there and said, hey guys, there's more. Now, 
I bet two weeks ago, I think it was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, Nicolas Maduro, who's the president or the dictator, he's not even a president anymore, the dictator of uh, Venezuela was indicted on a slew of drug trafficking charges, conspiracy charges, all sorts of stuff. And that was never, I bet you probably didn't even know that. I mean, I knew it because it was kind of a something I read in the paper, but I bet a lot of people didn't know that. That's the problem you, the U.S. needs to get into. It's because this COVID-19 disease thing is just sponging up all of the media right now. All of it. That includes news media, entertainment. I mean, how many different pandemic shows are on Netflix right now? My Lord, they released Outbreak, which is like the worst possible pandemic. And by the way, that's a hemorrhagic fever. This is a respiratory uh, disease, respiratory deal. So they're two totally different things. Hemorrhagic fevers are worse. Ebola is a hemorrhagic fever. Um, we need, this country, what we need to do is we need to stay on path. I under, it makes absolute sense that we're all really upset about the economy because the economy is basically shut down. People are losing their jobs. People are being put in furlough. My job furloughed lots of people. I, I mean, a huge percentage of the workforce. Companies are being shut down. We're stuck indoors. I'm on my 16th day. Tomorrow will be my 17th day indoors. I'm absolutely miserable. Every time I talk to my girlfriend, I begin to jump on her because I'm just so stressed out. So, but, but we also have to realize there's Iran out there. There's Russia out there. There is, um, there's China. There is Venezuela. There's a drug crisis still. We forgot about the homeless crisis. We still have a presidential race. We need as Americans to in the midst of this pandemic, we need to be three-dimensional. We need to know that there is a world. We had an earthquake today. I was just thinking, what could be worse right now? Well, you know what? An attack by Iran could be worse. That doesn't mean much because we'll blow Iran out of the water. That, how dare they attack us in the middle of a crisis? But we also have to realize there are things. We could have an earthquake in Los Angeles. What about the homeless problem? No one talks about this on the t on the on the news. Cal Los Angeles has 64,000. I believe it's 64. It used to be 56, but I believe it's 64,000 people living on the streets. Usually mostly drug addicts and uh, people with mental problems. What's going to happen when COVID-19 hits those little sections? San Francisco too. They've got a huge homeless problem. New York has a huge hom homeless problem too. What's going to happen when that when the COVID-19 actually hits those areas? What's going to happen? Is this going to look like uh, Europe during the bubonic plague where we're going to be picking up bodies off the streets? It's very likely. One problem always leads to another. Because the United States right now is seen as vulnerable, other countries may try to take advantage of this. China might take advantage of this or try to take advantage of this, even though I don't think they're economically in the position to do that. Iran might try and take advantage of this, even though they're not 
in the position, financial position to actually do something like that. But what is the difference between China and Iran versus the United States? China and Iran doesn't really care how many of their people die. They really just couldn't care less. The reality is China, they say, oh, 6,000 people died from the coronavirus. Yeah, I doubt that. I'm sure it's between 20 and 30,000, if not closer to 100,000. I'm not so sure they're still not dying. So they, they just don't care about their people. In the United States, we care so much about our people that we have a tendency to focus on the bad things. So let's talk about the news media because they've been absolutely awesome. Um, <laughs> the media continues to act like children and looking at the ratings of MSNBC and CNN, uh, apparently a lot of folks think that because no one's watching. Let's take a look at the infuriating Jim Acosta on Tuesday's COVID-19 speech. I still don't know why Trump even asks him questions. Well, maybe he asks him questions because he knows something stupid is going to come out of his mouth. And every time he says something, he just lays into him. He did a little bit on this. He did a little bit this time. He did a, he did it a few times this week. I've been obviously got a lot of time, so I, I watch. But listen to uh, Jim Acosta's stupid freaking question. Comments about what could have happened and, and the actions that you took. Is, is there any fairness to the criticism that you may have lulled Americans into a false sense of security no. when you were saying things like it's going to go away? Well, it is. And that sort of thing. But, Jim, it's going away. But when you were saying it's going to go away, hopefully at the end of the month. And if not, it hopefully will be soon after that. But, Hasn't your thinking on this evolved? You're taking it more seriously now. I think from the beginning, uh, my attitude was that we have to give this country... I know how bad it was. All you have to do is look at what was going on in China. It was devastation. And well, yeah, look at the numbers from China, those initial numbers coming out from China. But, you know, I read an article today, which was very interesting... They say, we wish President Trump would give more bad news. Give bad news. I'm not about bad news. I want to give people hope. I want to give people a feeling that we all have a chance. I mean, when, when, you saw, when you saw the numbers and when John and all of you saw those numbers and you're saying 120,000 people, you mean that's good? 100,000 dead people within a short period of time. I want to give people a feeling of hope. And that's exactly what he should be doing. Giving people hope. But what, what is the point of Acosta's question? What information does that question hope to get, to expel, to get? The question does nothing but try to make the president look like adult, like he didn't take this seriously, like it's his fault that it spread the way it spread. And no answer Trump would give would mean to any, no answer Trump could give would mean anything to anyone sitting in their, home, in their home for the past two weeks or who is sitting in a hospital struggling for breath. But that's the point of the press. They aren't after information. They are out there to make Trump look bad and incompetent. That's it. They're out there to get him out of office. 
the the media wants the economy to crash. They want a depression. They want people to die. And that's because they want pre- to be able to point to President Trump and say that it's his fault. You know, here's a newsflash. Okay, we didn't have respirators. We didn't have enough respirators. We didn't have enough ventilators. We didn't have enough uh, PPEs. Okay? Why is it Trump's fault? He's been in office three years. Three years. You mean we had enough before? We were ready for this type of virus before? During the Obama administration? H1N1 was a disaster for Obama. I think H1N1 was on there. Ebola he did not deal with very well. So what exactly? Bush had SARS. They had all sorts of problems back then. I mean, what? he's Trump is dealing with a virus that is 10 times worse than any other virus out there. And all they can do is sit back and try and make it about him. Oh, it's his problem there aren't enough respirators. No, there weren't enough respirators because no one planned for this. Including Barack Obama, including George Bush, including Bill Clinton, including George W. H. W. Bush, including Ronald Reagan, including uh, Jimmy Carter, including uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah, I can keep going. I, I know the presidents, but this is this is what's so stupid. They're out there to blame Trump for this mess. They don't blame China for this mess. As a matter of fact, they call Trump a xenophobe for stopping travel between China and they call him a racist because he bla- because he calls it a Chinese virus. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm fine. That's not what you think it is. But I bet you could watch CNN all day and they would never even whenever they which they talk about COVID-19 all day. They will not mention the only time they will mention China is saying how great they've handled it compared to Trump. And it's disgusting. And China's full of crap anyway. You know their numbers are 10 times worse than what they're reporting. And you know they're still dealing with it. Another example of Trump derangement syndrome in the media comes via Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe on MSNBC. He said on Wednesday that everyone knew the virus was coming. Everyone except Trump. This is what he said. And I'm going to quote this. Quote, they saw this coming even several weeks ago. Doctors I know very well, scientists, healthcare professionals were saying, Mr. President, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 people could die from this virus if you don't start moving. The president didn't want to hear it. This is, after all, a president who talked about one person dying and one person from China. But we've got it taken care of. It will be zero. And then soon after that, in February, he was talking about, oh, we have 14, 15 people who were infected, but we've done such a good job, it's going to go down to zero. Then, of course, he's, of course, he said the media was overblowing it, that their coverage was a hoax of a pandemic, that it was going to go away. And then he said that it would go away in April and the sun would come out and it would magically go away. <laughs> I don't remember Trump saying, yes, in the beginning he did kind of minimize it. But he didn't main, he minimized it, I think, to give people hope, not to cause panic, stir panic. Because the reality is he did shut down China, travel to China and then Asia well before the media took it seriously. But the question I have for Joe is really, 
Democrats and the media thought there is no problem. They knew there was a problem. Really? Well, thank God for Grabian. And I think these guys, they really ought to sit back and look at some of the sound bites out there before they decide to say, hey, this is what the Democrats thought. Take a look, because I got news for you. Gravian, Gravian just put a, um, a montage together, and this montage consisted of politicians and media saying that the virus was not a big deal, encouraging people to go out. And this was within the last month. Uh, just absolutely awesome that we have, we live in the world we're living where someone's words are, are there for the rest of their lives. I bet you Thomas Jefferson wishes that. Listen to Grabian's montage of the Democrats and the media saying there's no problem here. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. There's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm-hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There's very little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu. So we're telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. And certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm gonna be there. If you had to, would you close down the borders? No. We need to be honest about the American people, with the American people about the fact that we can't keep people coming here from China. And transmission is not that easy. I think there's been a misperception um, that coronavirus hangs in the air waiting to catch you. No, it takes direct person-to-person contact. We also know that if it were likely to be transmitted casually, we would be seeing a lot, a lot more, more cases. cases. Right, right, because yeah. this is New York and you're in elevators exactly. and trains exactly. with, with everybody all the time. How quickly the media forgets. I mean, you got... Tons of New York Democrats sitting there saying, you got Nancy Pelosi, Chris Matthews are saying, oh, we have nothing to worry about. Oh, that was within the last couple of months. This was when they already started finding the virus in New York. They didn't care. Go out, have a good time. Trump, while in the middle of his impeachment trial, banned China travel from China, to and from China and even mentioned the virus in his State of the Union address. Joe Biden and the rest of the left sycophants called Trump a xenophobe. This is very unfortunate detail the left has forgotten. We live in an age where everything is recorded and everyone's going to remember what they said and you can't hide it. So I've got so much more, but we're going on 45 minutes now and I think we're just going to call it. Uh, I'm going to have to create another, or 35 minutes, that's not too bad. Uh, We'll have to create another podcast. I'm sure, again, shorter podcasts, uh, just more often. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. I know you're not doing anything, so you got more time to go on Twitter and follow me. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can download. You can uh, view the. Uh, uh, you can view the show notes for the show at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. On there, you've got uh, my notes. You've got my links. A lot of links, not just links to, uh, uh, not just links to the exact stories, but I, I have a plethora of links. Uh, also, full videos, any graphics, they're all there. I hope everyone stays safe and enjoy another parody video from the internet. YouTube, this this one is, uh, who's it by? Let's take a look. Uh, by Chris Man Music, and he, he's actually uh, doing a parody from Adelaide's song which I, I really like it's a little long but we're all in lockdown so what difference does it make enjoy hello it's me I'm in California dreaming about going out to eat just a burger with cheese or a shaken margarita, baby, back ribs from Chili's. Hello, can you hear me? I am shouting out to neighbors who I used to like to see when we were outside and free. Is there something else to watch besides the news and finding Dory? The social distance between us and I'm freaking out. Hello from the inside. It's just me and myself and I. Haven't showered yet